Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin. I'm here with your favorite. Well, for some of you, for some of you, he's not your favorite. It's really hard <laughs> to tell at times, but my friend, James Meehan. James, how you doing, man? Wow. What a gift. I'm. Wasn't that an intro? If that wasn't a great intro. No, it was a really great intro because I was worried at first that you were going to lie right off the bat because obviously I'm not everybody's favorite That's, because, well, yeah, because most people's favorite is probably you, the Josh oh. Baldwin. Yeah, that would make. Dang it! I hate how you turn that around. Now I'm un... <laughs> now I'm uncomfortable. Okay, Good. so let's Good. move on to something more relevant. Um, first of all, love you all. We love Switch. We love Come you, on. and we love that if you serve in Switch, you're a part of the Switch family. You don't even have a choice. Amen. It's not an option. You're just right. in. So whether like it or hate it, welcome to the family. And right. we hope that if you're serving, we hope that you've gotten to know some people you're serving with. And you're not doing ministry by yourself because that's a very lonely way to do things. Absolutely. And so if you're not experiencing that, I want to challenge you to step out of your comfort zone and do some things to build some relationships. A lot of times we put that on other people and we go, well, I'm just waiting on us to throw a cookout or I'm waiting on us to do (laughs) something where we can all come together. Genuinely, like there will be opportunities for things like that, but don't wait. Just right. step into it. We're we're all leaders, and so find a way to do ministry with people. This week, James and I are going to be talking about how to lead a great small group. And so there's obviously more than one way to do this. We're not going to give you like this one perfect arrow that you just need to do <laughs> it this way, because there's just not that. There's right. a lot of different great ways. But what we want to present is some ideas that will help you to hopefully be not just more effective, but more consistently effective. Now, in this series, it's going to be a three-week series. We're going to have James today. Next week, we're going to have Caitlin Caffrey join us. And then the following week, we'll have them both together to wrap it up. And basically, what we're going to be doing is giving some tips and tricks. We're going to give you some ideas of things that will help you be more successful. James is a middle school small boys small group leader. Caitlin Caffrey is a high school girls small group leader. And so not only are we getting to hear from the Switch content team, but we're also getting to hear from small group leaders in Switch, share some of their experiences. So James, I'm going to hand it off to you. Tell us all the things that you know on how to lead a great small group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not going to tell you all of the things that I know. Because tell us some of the things that you know. I can do that. Now, okay, good. Like, all right. like Josh mentioned, the goal of these podcasts is not to give you a prescription of exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. The goal is to provide principles to help you think more wisely so that you can actually come up with your own best practices. Because we understand that every single switch leader is different. Every single switch student is different. Every single switch ministry is different. Now we are all united as the body of Christ under the banner of our King Jesus, under our mission of leading students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. But we are very aware That if there is not room and flexibility for you to bring your unique gifting, perspective, and passions to the table, then we are actually leaving some of the most powerful elements out of the equation, and we never want to do that. So again, principles, not a prescription. I'm going to share with you how I apply these principles, hopefully as an example to get you thinking about what it might look like for you. Now, before we get into today's content, I want to remind you that everything we do in small groups 
it's based on the lead small principles. And we've actually done an entire podcast series on lead small, taking a week to tackle each of those five principles. So if you have not listened to those episodes, I would highly encourage you to go back and start there because that lays the foundation. And then here we're just continuing to build on it. So with all of that out of the way, let's start with principle number one for today on how to lead a great small group. The first thing is you have to develop a strategy. Develop a strategy. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 5 says this, that good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. It's been said that if you fail to prepare, then you are preparing to fail. So the question is, is what is your strategy going into every single Wednesday night when you're going to sit down with your small group where you've got that 30-minute time slot to facilitate a conversation that is going to lead them closer to Jesus? A strategy is a plan of action with an end in mind. It is a plan of action with an end in mind. The end we have in mind is leading students to become fully devoted followers of Christ, students who love God with all they are, their entire lives, and love others the same way that Jesus loves them. That's the end in mind. So so that's obvious. That's clear. Where things get a little bit trickier is the plan of action. It's the how we actually get there. And so on a typical switch night, you've got 30 minutes. What do you do in that 30 minutes? That's your strategy. Now, I'm going to share with you what I do. And this is kind of my go-to breakdown of that 30 minutes, just to provide some examples that hopefully you can learn from and think through how it applies to you. But I do this every week where the first 10 minutes, my goal is to get my students talking. And oftentimes I will literally put a 10 minute timer on my phone, set it in the middle of our small group and ask somebody to come up with an icebreaker question. I'll let one of my students come up with it. And sometimes it is awesome. Other times it is awesome awful. And if it's awful, (laughs) guess what? I'm ready with backup icebreakers in my pocket. There's usually like a pretty good get them talking icebreaker question at the top of the message guide that you can use. And sometimes we'll go there. Other times I'll just default to high, low, buffalo. High, what was the best part of your week? Low, what was the worst part of the week? Buffalo, what's something random that you want to talk about? And that's a really easy way to just get people talking about. And I take that 10 minutes just to let them do it. And then once the timer on my phone ends, then we take the next 15 minutes to dive into the content for the night. Now, what I do is I ask somebody to read the main point, and then I have two or three students either read it again if people weren't paying attention because I really want them to get the main point, or I'll just ask them what they think that main point means. And then I will just ask a couple of other students to tell me what they think it means. And after a few people have had a chance to share, I ask somebody to then read the teaching text, the scripture that's on the message guide. And then I will most likely have about two or three students read the scripture because again, the main point, the teaching text, for me, if we get nothing else out of the content, that's what I want my students to get. And so I'll have them read it once, twice, sometimes even three times because when you've got middle school boys, it is highly likely that while somebody's reading, Somebody else is farting around off to the side. And usually the people farting around are the people that I call on to read the thing, to get them engaged. Yes. And actually, they might actually be farting. So that could also be a thing. That that could be a thing. I don't know how to respond. So we're we're, we're getting back into it. (laughs) So so I start with the main point, have them read the teaching text. After the scripture, I'll usually ask them, hey, do you have any questions? 
about what you just read? Is there any part that confused you? Any part that didn't make sense? And then typically, as we're walking through those questions, that'll take a few minutes before we move into the rest of the message guide and those questions there. Now, this is the part where I tend to be a lot more flexible, where if there's the main point, the teaching text, and then like five questions underneath that, I will kind of pre-decide which of those five questions I really want to lean into. And usually I'll pick two or three of them. I probably won't go through all of them because depending on the week, there might be some guys in my group that are there that I know we need to lean into this question. There might be other guys in my group that if they're not there, it's like, you know what? This probably wouldn't be as relevant to the people who are here. So we'll move on to the next one. And that way I can keep this message content, talking about spiritual things into that 15 minute time frame to keep it short and sweet enough that they can stay locked in, but substantial enough that we're actually getting into some more meaty conversations. One of my favorite things to do as we start working through those questions is, like I said, I ask multiple students to answer the same question and I hope they answer it differently. Because when they answer it differently, it lets me ask this follow-up question that just leads to such great conversation, which is this, hey, the way you answered that question is pretty different from how the other guy answered the question. Why do you think it was different? And then I'll ask somebody else, well, what do you think? Because they don't agree. So, so what do you think the answer is? And it's right. often in the confusion or the disagreement that we end up having the best conversations. At the time of this recording, recently, we just had our Switch Easter part two experience. And in the teaching text for this week, it's John 1, 1 through 5 that begins with, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And we spent, I kid you not, like 10 minutes of locked in conversation just trying to decide who the word is. Because there were some of my students that are like, oh, it's obviously Jesus. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why do you think that? And they couldn't give me a reason. So I'm like, well, are you sure you're right? Because it sounds like you don't actually know. You're just saying that because maybe you heard it somewhere. And somebody else was like, well, words are just words. It's what God speaks. And so, you know, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. So, so that's what the word is. It's, it's the actual literal words of God. Somebody else was like, well, no, it's God. Because it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So it's God. And so I kid you not, this little debate with my seventh grade boys took up the majority of our message content time on this night. And it was some really fruitful discussion that by the end of it, our students were able to see, oh, okay, this is all kind of communicating the same idea that yes, in the beginning was the word, God speaking the universe into existence. But the word is also Jesus, who is the son of God, one yeah. part of the Trinity. And so it led to some really great conversation because we just leaned in to the disagreement and some of the confusion. So then that's kind of the second portion. I take the first 10 minutes, just get them talking. The second portion of the night, the next 15 minutes is really focused on, let's dive into the message. And then the last five minutes is where we wrap it up and pray it out. That's where I just ask people, hey, how can we be praying for you? What do you have coming up this week? What are you excited about? Or if it's something else coming up, like, hey, next week we've got Switch Fight Team of Trafficking, or we just started this Bible plan for this series. Let's make sure that we're all subscribed to it so that we can be going through it together. I make sure that I set aside that last five minutes to take care of whatever prayer requests and logistics need to be handled before the night is done. And this is my go-to strategy. Now, it doesn't always work out perfectly, and we'll get to that next, but when you go into the night with a plan of action, with an end in mind, that's what a strategy is. I'm telling you, you are setting yourself and your students up for success. 
Yeah, I think sometimes we can get really comfortable with things that we do all the time. So like if you lead a small group, you lead a small group every week. And when we get really comfortable, sometimes we actually can get too comfortable. And then we stop planning and we don't actually have, well, we don't have the end in mind. So for us, we're going, if we're so comfortable, we might find ourselves going, hey, it's just, we're just going to sit down and have a conversation. And while there's some truth to that, and in a small group, there absolutely, it should feel like a conversation and there should be a part of it where students really feel like, well, Buffalo, they feel like we (laughs) can just talk about anything that has to be part of it. But if we get too comfortable, we lose the part where, where we have to, like, we're supposed to take them somewhere. Yep. And a conversation that you just have at random without planning it, it doesn't always end up somewhere, right? So like if <laughs> right. you're at work and you walk past somebody and you start having a conversation with them, oftentimes, maybe even most of the time, you'll end that conversation. And the only thing that was accomplished was that you talked. And yeah. that's not necessarily bad. That That's sure. just kind of like how relationships work. It would be bad though, if you had this intentional time that you knew only one time every week do I get to have all these students sitting in front of me and I didn't take them anywhere. And so we want to make sure we take them somewhere. And so there's that balance of I want to be comfortable. I want it to feel like a place where they can just be themselves. But as the leader, I also want to take them somewhere. And so that kind of takes us on to what I think is kind of your, your next idea here, James. It's one thing for us to have this plan. It's another thing for things to always go as planned. And so I'd love it if you would take us to thought number two, what happens when things don't always go as planned? What a beautiful question, Josh, because what we know with with human beings is that things rarely go according to plan. And especially when those human beings are hormonal teenagers. <laughs> So that's why principle number one, you got to develop a strategy, create a plan of action with an end in mind. Principle number two, you got to learn to pivot. Mike Tyson famously said that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Come on, bro. We started with Proverbs and the wisdom of Solomon. Now we're talking Mike Tyson. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to your favorite person next. Don't worry. But but that idea, I if think- If you're a small group leader and you don't have a face tattoo, you're not doing anything short of sin. Is that where we're going with this? No, that is not where we're going. Oh, okay. Um, I thought that was where we we're going. My bad. That'll be a, maybe that should be a later podcast. Should okay. small group leaders have face tattoos? Okay. That's good. So here's the thing. Now, what, what, what Josh just did is he punched me in the face with randomness. And I got I to gotta figure out how do I pivot? Where do I go with this? Yes. <laughs> and if I'm not ready for the randomness, I'm going to get caught on my heels and I'm going to lose the momentum I need in my small group to carry my students forward. So I show up every week with the plan of action I set. 10 minutes, get them talking. 15 minutes, dive into the message. Five minutes, wrap it up and pray it out. And I go into every single Wednesday night ready to pivot. Because I know it is very likely that something will have happened in the course of the previous seven days or even that very night that I need to be ready to address if I'm actually going to do for my students what Jesus does for us, where with grace, he meets us where we are. And with truth, he calls us to more. So three common things that might happen that you need to be ready for. Thing number one is if a student is going through something really difficult in their personal life. If that's happening, here's my advice. Ditch the guide and invest in them. 
like I, I gave you the full kind of 30 minute plan that I've got. But if I've got a student who's just going through it, I'm going to make them the focus of the conversation. Now, as long as they're comfortable, obviously, if they're a kind of student that's more introverted and doesn't want whatever it is to be shared publicly, then I will wait to have that conversation after small group. But oftentimes, those students that are sharing something deep and personal and meaningful in small group are doing it because they're looking for help and they want to know that other people care. We recently had one of our students get in into a pretty serious skateboarding accident where he got a gnarly concussion, ended up having to go to the hospital, you know, stay overnight. Thankfully, he's doing great. But that's the kind of thing where we took some time out of our week in the, that week's small group because he wasn't there to just pray specifically for him and talk about you know, any questions or worries that people in my group had. Another time, one of the guys, it was his birthday. And so we took intentional time to celebrate him and have a blast. And I let him lead the small group because it was his birthday. So if a student is going through something really difficult or just something fun in their personal life, I would make time for that. Be ready for it. And if it happens, don't be caught off guard. Don't feel like you're failing if you take a little bit less time in the message and a little bit more time to meet that student where they are. Another common thing that happens is students might ask questions that you aren't prepared for or don't have an answer to. Again, you will not be ready for every question. I am not ready for every question. And this is my full-time right. job. I've been in student ministry for the last nine years. And there are still times where I'm like, huh, that's a great question. I've never thought about that. So when that happens, right. here is my encouragement to you. Four words. You say, I don't know, but. I don't know, but. That's a really great question. How about we do this? I'll take some time this week to think about it and do some research. You do it as well. And then next week, we'll talk about what we learned. I don't know, but man, my friend so-and-so is really, really knowledgeable on this subject. So let's see if they're available after small group and let's go ask them what they think. I don't know, but I do know that I've seen God be faithful in my life time and time again. And because of that, even when it comes to difficult questions that I don't know how to answer or explain, I'm still choosing to trust that God has a plan behind it all. And it might be weird. It might be confusing, but I trust that he's good. Because you're going to be presented with questions you're not prepared for and don't have answers to. In those moments, I think the worst thing you could do is come up with a crappy answer on the fly. I think the best thing you can do is tell your students, I don't know, but let's figure it out together. I think that sometimes we give ourselves this false narrative or we feed ourselves with this false narrative that we have to have the answer. Yep. And that is just absolutely not the truth. It's not <laughs> Come if you're on. a parent, if you're a parent, you know that's not the truth. You right. know that there have been times you made mistakes and you even had to apologize to your kids and you know that there are times your kids had questions you didn't have an answer to. No matter what, like at work, there are times that there are things that you don't have the solution to. You are not God. And so because <laughs> you're not, you will not always have the answer. What Pastor Craig always says, if you listen to the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, he says, people would rather follow someone who's always real than someone who's always right. They, students want you to be real. And the yes. way that they know that you're real and human is when you're willing to be humble enough to acknowledge that you do not have everything figured out. Because yes. if you'll acknowledge that, wait, wait on it, they might actually acknowledge that. Come on. And if we could get students to acknowledge that they have some things to learn and they don't have life figured out, that would be a huge win in and of itself. Yeah. 
Amen. So what do you do if you want to lead a great small group? You got to develop a great strategy. You've got to learn to pivot. And, and, and one last pivot point that I'm going to share, because I know this comes up a lot and I experience it regularly as a middle school guy, small group leader. It's the situation where a student or multiple students just aren't engaging in the conversation or they're actively distracting others from the conversation. My advice, call them out and call them up. Call them out and call them up. Like just address it. Hey, so-and-so, sounds like you're not really paying attention and you're distracting others from what's happening. I need you to tune in. So stop talking. We're going to listen while this person is sharing and we're going to be respectful. And then after they share, it's going to be your turn. You call them out, do it respectfully, and then you call them up. Because so many of our students have bought into the idea that they can't pay attention, that they don't have something to share, that they're just a troublemaker, that they're just a whatever you want to call it. And we get to show them that, no, 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 actually there's more in you than you realize. So with grace, we're going to meet you where you are. Like, I'm I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to get super angry at you, but I am going to firmly and kindly call you out and call you up. And here's the thing, the majority of the time that'll work. Now, you probably have to do it several times over the course of a 30 minute conversation, but if you're consistent with it and you do it kindly, your students will respond. Now, if this continues to be a regular conversation, I would encourage you to check out the podcast episode, Responding to Disrespect Respectfully, where we took a full 30 minutes to just deep dive into how to engage students that are being disrespectful. So first, develop a strategy. Second, learn to pivot. And then third, remember the why. Remember the why. At the end of the day, everything we do is for the purpose of leading students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Why? Because Jesus changes everything for the better. That's why the message of everything he said and did is called good news. It's good because it makes everything better. It's news because it's real. It actually happened. It is true. And everything we do, the strategy, the pivoting, every Wednesday night small group, every question that we ask, every message we preach, every big event night we throw, all of it is for the purpose of helping students hear and respond to the good news of Jesus. Because we know, we know that it really does change everything. I hope that as you listen to this episode, you walked away with something that you feel like you can grab a hold of, something that you feel like you can apply to your own group. Maybe it's something that you can apply even outside of your group in conversations, intentionality that you have in your relationships. I hope that you each have something tangible that you go, man, that would actually be really, really valuable in my group. This is an issue I've been having, and I see how this could help me resolve that problem. Wherever you are, no matter what your group looks like, whether your group is full of students that engage and seem to want to dive deep and want more, or whether your group is full of students who are just still in a really immature season of life and they don't want to talk about anything except for farting around, like James was saying earlier, (laughs) regardless of where they are, I hope that you'll remember that what you're doing is making a difference. Come on. Even in the times where you feel like it's not, I promise you that it's making a difference. Even when you feel like students didn't hear a word you said, when you feel like, man, I've been leading them in a direction and they are not applying what they're learning, I promise you that seeds are being planted and you're making a difference. So please continue to show up, continue to have a plan, 
but continue to know why you did this. Know that God is capable of using anyone, but he chose to use you. So for everybody listening, we love you all so much. We are so grateful that you listen to this podcast every week because if you're listening, it means that this matters to you and it means that you want to be better. So thank you for your investment in our youth ministry. Thank you for investing not just your Wednesday nights, but your life, your time, your energy, sometimes your money into making sure that we are reaching more students for Jesus. And as we say every week, thank you for listening to the Switch Leader podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,